colors. You know, I don't know okay. if anybody remembers let's, it, but like the amount of times I hear it basically, I don't know if anyone remembers sprinklers, but any time I hear someone go, What'd you get? I go, in my head, what'd you get, what'd you get, what'd you get? Sprinklers. It was like a type of yogurt where it's like you open it up and it's like a totally different. I do remember those. Thing I don't remember yeah. it. I remember them, but I don't remember that catchphrase. Very what successful you get, what you get, what you get, ad campaign. Awesome. What'd you get, what'd you get, what'd you get? Sprinklers. Yeah. Um, no, it is cool. it is embedded nice. in the old brain. Yeah. The old brain. In the old brain. Uh cool. Yeah. Hi Steven. What do you wanna do this week? Uh so I don't I think we've talked I I don't know that I've talked to you about this. Maybe I've, ta- I've, I've talked to a very limited group of people about this, but I've been doing a lot of yoga recently. And you've mentioned it on this podcast I, last week. I don't as know. Well. I, I feel like I never talk about it. But I uh, it. he's joking. I, I the studio that I've been going to, uh, it has single use restrooms in each studio. Very thoughtful. Big fan. However, people use those. To change. to change, not cool, no. not fucking cool. Do they have also changing areas? No, they don't. Oh, but well, they just don't fucking change. Fucking come ready to go. It, no, just it's such bullshit. Because it's a tight. No, I don't care. You spin that three sixty another one hundred and eighty degrees, and because you did a nice good math. Yeah, I did. Really, although you kind of did a one eighty. Well, I did a 180, and did then a I did a 180. And then now I need you to do another, another one. and come back to me. Just need to do a couple of I need you to make it a, a 360 make it the a, first time, not go an additional 180 and turn five, away from me again. 540? 40. Wow, I didn't realize this was such a back and forth for you. But the, I don't 40, care. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe, well, honestly, though, I'm not necessarily going to classes at like six where maybe somebody is racing over from work mm-hmm. and they just couldn't 20 minutes prior to leaving throw their fucking yoga pants on under their outfit so that they didn't have to go into a private space but literally Gina there's a very brief period of time a large number of people are trying to like get a, a restroom totally. go in so that they don't have to take a break during this 90 minute class totally. and somebody takes like 10 of the 15 available minutes because they fucking change. Mm. Not cool. Yeah. It's well, I believe cool. that that studio should have a spot where you could change because um, otherwise, I believe because, this is New York. Yeah. They but like all... yoga to the people. What do you mean? They, well, like, you know, you can like pull a little curtain. I just think you don't know where people are coming from. And as somebody who sometimes when it's been a while since I went to yoga, but would sometimes have to change, you know, sometimes you got to change. Well, yeah. No. While that's true, we can't all live around the corner from the yoga studio, which I also know that you do. I mean, it's also New York, so odds are everyone probably lives around the corner from a yoga studio. Uh, I don't think that I do. I think that you actually do do. Do 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 do. I maybe there, but anyways, regardless, that doesn't mean that's the one that you're going to go to. Could be an expensive yoga studio. But honestly, I don't care. Think ahead. You know the situation. Be considerate. So don't fucking use a single occupant bathroom to change. All right. Period. Point taken. Um, what are you getting rid of? What are well, you getting rid I of? Well, I want to, this is a, I had what I think is a brilliant idea. And you, you can be the judge of that. I'd love you to be the judge of that because I don't know. And so this is a, this is like a bring back and a get rid of and a create something new through the combination of those two things, which is, 
and I'm totally serious about this idea. You have a look on your face like, I'm going to hate this. But I I'm think. I'm enthralled. Okay. Um, I drink, I don't drink like cow milk. I just don't, I've, I've come, A, I used to be vegan and then just got used to not the taste and whatever. So I drink like alternative milks of all mm -hmm. kinds. But it's very, um, they come in cartons, you know, cartons mm -hmm. are relatively mm -hmm. small, mm -hmm. pretty wasteful and including milk cartons these days too. Like most of them come in just like, you know, you have to go to the grocery store, buy a milk carton. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we should bring back. The idea of like some Sucking kind of milkman, no milk but person, like the alternative teat? not from a teat. No, <laughs> I don't want to suck from a teat, from a soy teat or an oat teat. No teats, please. Um, but have like or OK, so it's kind of like we've got growlers are a thing you can do for beer. Right. It would be awesome if you could do that more where you can like bring a thing and get it refilled. I feel like we should have those for, for milk. milk. Yeah. Or at least for like milk. They do have that for milk. Great. There are plenty of places where you can buy like glass bottles and then you pay a deposit when you buy them and then when you return them to be reused, you get that deposit back. When you return the bottle? No, but I'm I'm saying you should be able to like refill your bottle. In the way that like Like go to man, like a milk bar and like put well, it under the tap. I'm saying and, this like, is why A we look, our culture is so full now no, of hey, like I agree. No, 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 no of, I agree. Of, of, of like like it could be in place of like delivery, whatever. Yeah. You know, like we love getting stuff delivered. And so, like, I feel like it would be super easy potentially to bring in this idea of, like, a company that is just about, like, refillable milk container. You know, so it's kind of like a milk person, um, but it could be, like, you choose your milk and you get, like, a growler bottle and, like, once a week or however often they come and, like, refill your growler. Like, they have a milk route. They have a yeah. truck that has, is full of... Like milk fountains, yes, and they have a milk route, <laughs> not a fountain, and that, a they milk also, fountain, like like a fucking soda fountain. Okay, not like a like a chocolate fountain. No, which <laughs> I did think every time when people would talk about like getting drinks from a soda fountain uh -huh. when I was like a you child, I thought it was like a water fountain, a spewing fountain. But like, well, no, I thought it'd be oh, the kind of thing cool. that you like lean over, but you're like getting <laughs> coke out of it. Um, but Ugh, hard to clean. Yeah. So but then, yeah, yeah, and then they basically. You'd have a limited number of subscribers for at least the beginning period of time. So then you just drive by mm -hmm. in your like right. Mr. Softy truck, right? With exactly, full milk, and, you, and fill you fill up the for growlers. whichever milk their bottle yeah. is labeled for. And I feel like it would be so awesome, and it would save a good amount of waste. And especially, right. it's like a thing that most households drink some kind of milk. You know what I mean? So it's not like a specialty item, mm -hmm. uh, especially if in New York, lots of households drink like specialty milks. milk. So yeah. you could, or you could also just limit it. Be like, we've got milk. We got skim milk and we've got soy milk or right. almond milk, like whichever one they see thinks think seems to be the most popular alternative milk. I feel like it would be exciting. So if anyone's listening, I think it's good. I got no money, but I would invest in that. The fact is, we gotta like throw shit against the wall and see what sticks, right? I mean, like totally. just even yeah. like how are we going to to is, is go there such a go there like how are we gonna buy mozzarella? If it or like burrata, if it can't sit in brine in plastic, mm. you know what I mean? You'd have to like buy your mozzarella like the day you were intending to make the caprese salad. Mm. <laughs> You're okay, yes, but it's we what should I also mean have is, a burrata delivery person. Uh, yeah, can we get a burrata? <laughs> That's first, what I mean. I need a specialty t shirt. No, but what I mean by that is like when we think of single use plastics, we so often think of um like drinks like you're talking about like uh, different you know 
sodas, etc. But yeah. there is also this huge component of just foods that we oh, yeah. use in general no, that totally. like need to sit in some kind of liquid, like like olives. Yeah. Well, you, you can know? bring your own jar. You know, I right. don't know if it, that's not in place yet for sure. But totally, it's. I mean, like our whole entire grocery store system. Yeah. If we were to like not have single use plastic, I don't even know what it would look like. Well, we probably apparently there's we also snacks, a sand shortage. You know? What? Yeah, no, I didn't think it was possible since there's like you know Sahara, but apparently there it's a, there's a sand shortage, and it's I'm it's <laughs> a thing. It's a thing. Uh huh. And so like even getting rid of single use plastics and switching to glass like isn't a sustainable option either. Is that the only way you can make glass? Still today? I don't. I mean, I imagine without like. I mean, it, it, any other like synthetic glass would, I think, just be plastic. I don't. Hmm. I I'm genuinely. I just hadn't thought about. It yeah, I I don't know that. Before. Yeah, I think that sand is the only way to make. I don't think anyone. When you say made a shortage, I don't, dude. Okay. Uh, we also. I, I'm gonna give like one more minute for this. Okay. Excuse then, me. No, for both of us, because I'm fascinated. I could talk about this forever, but we've also got some great movies to well, talk there, about. So there's a. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, the world faces a global sand shortage. Global uh, sand shortage caused damaging effects to our... Uh, we're running out of sand, and cities are to blame, writes Forbes magazine. Because mm. uh, we're using it all for our fancy glass yeah. windows. A global, a global sand shortage could cause damaging effects to a rapidly urbanizing world. Uh, yeah, but, like, think, yeah, glass, like, the glass window, like, the amount of... Totally. Um, like... The style of modern architecture right now oh, yeah. for skyscrapers, Hudson Yards, just glass. straight glass pane exteriors. Yeah, um, horrific. Very cold, also. Yeah, hard to heat that. Um, that was written yeah. January six. Business Insider: Global sand shortage could cause damaging effects to a rapidly urbanizing world. January sixteenth, twenty nineteen. That was a year ago. I, I'm still thinking it was twenty twenty. Uh, I still think it was 2019. Whoopsie. That could have been like three days ago, but it's not. Well, maybe in that time. I mean, I imagine probably it's just gotten worse. But Uh, you know, I mean, typically shortages that we do nothing about and pay no attention to. I mean, they don't. Sometimes they they, fix themselves. They do. You know, (laughs) honestly, global warming doesn't exist. The world heats and cools in cycles. Let's get the show started. Welcome to Should We Keep This Culture Review Podcast? You know and love. Looks back over the past 50 years of film, music, and television, challenging your nostalgia to get at the question. Ah, should we keep this? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Stephen Moskis. I'm Gina interrupting Stephen Stevenson. And today we're talking about Unforgiven. Right, Aladdin. Not. A not sense not of a woman. Not sense of a woman, Oops. which I gotta say disappointing that we weren't doing it because sin of a woman is like honestly one of its major uh contributions to the world is that sent to the woman sent of a woman woman. sent of the woman um no it gave us the part of the al pacino impression that is hua that like (laughs) is so ubiquitous anyone who does Mm. an al pacino impression sure does like (laughs) wow yeah well, but, yeah. but here we are but instead with Unforgiven. We're on, yeah, we're doing Unforgiven. Yeah. And Aladdin. Aladdin. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, Thus begins the yeah. years of very strange Very strange combinations top of grossing, movies. Yeah. Veer is far away from the awards. Who'd have thunk that 
Scent of a Woman and Aladdin would be closer together than the movies that we were actually doing. Right. Um, which uh, which one, with which uh, one? I watched Aladdin like first. So no, you didn't. You liar, you did? I did, actually. Yeah, we texted about it, but then I watched Aladdin first because it was shorter. Wow, and I, I just, so much time. wow, wow. Did I rush you? I'm Betrayed. so sorry. Yeah, I, I watched Unforgiven that night. Well, that's good for you. You got out of the you way. Would finish it, and I wouldn't be able to Anyways, watch my Anyways, I would have left three minutes at the All end, right. like you did. Thank you. We sh- we shared an Amazon rental. Anyways, don't tell uh, Amazon. Don't tell Amazon. Um, so, nineteen ninety two. This is the year. The year of it's a simple one. This the year of outlaws riding horses through the desert. That happens in both. You okay, Stephen? You got distracted. Is it an outlaw? Who? Which outlaw rides Aladdin. a horse through the desert? All right. He does? Yeah. Does well, he? he walks the horse, but Jafar, as an old man, rides it to mm, the Cave of Wonders. True. And he's, mm, I guess he's kind of as much of an outlaw as Aladdin. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. thief, scoundrel, street rat. The royal vizier. Yeah, exactly. Right. The royal yeah. vizier is also an outlaw, I'd say. So I'll start with Aladdin, which was the top grossing movie of 1992. This is a animated musical adventure comedy. Um which I'm very familiar with. I don't know about you, Steve. We'll get to that in a minute. So, okay, Aladdin. Uh, so power-hungry Jafar, the royal vizier to the sultan in the fictional Middle Eastern city of Agrabah, is seeking a magic lamp hidden in a mysterious place called the Cave of Wonders. But only one person is worthy enough to enter the cave, and they are a person known as the Diamond in the Rough. Uh, and Jafar figures out that this person is Aladdin, who is a street rat uh, who we first meet evading palace guards after stealing a loaf of bread um meanwhile in the castle uh there is a law that says that princess jasmine who is the sultan's only daughter must be married to a prince by her next birthday uh we don't know how old she's turning but Mm. it is her next birthday um which is in she's turning i mean she's turning 18 could be could be younger she has to be could be 16 could be 17 her could be 14 but her birthday her her need to get married yeah. is is portrayed as being like imminent, so imminent yeah. that three days. she has to be married. To right, the it's royalty. in three days, but I'm just saying yeah. we don't know if that birthday is 18. It could be much younger. I, th- I think it, considering I think it's 18. Uh, nobody ever says. I'm I just saying. It, I cons- think it's 18. Why do you think it's 18? Because in order for like Jafar to demand that she be married, if no suitable suitor can be found. Mm-hmm. She oh, like the, the, the top limit, vizier. like it's the top limit of her marriageable years, so it has right. to be by eighteen. Sure, okay, could be. Yeah, fair. All right. Well, so something. She's turning either way. Her birthday is in three days. 18. I'm just saying it could be younger because, like, who knows? And like, girls, as soon as she has her period, she could be married. So she could be twelve, for all we know. That's what I'm saying. Don't make me that fate. I don't understand why this is a question. Okay. Anyways. Three days, her birthday, she's got to get married. But she hates all the suitors who are coming, and she wants to marry for love, you know? Um, so she sneaks out of the palace to, like, get away from it all, and she meets Aladdin. They like each other a lot. Um, Jafar captures Aladdin and recruits him to go to the Cave of Wonders to bring back the magic lamp. Inside the cave, Aladdin meets a magic carpet, uh, which flies, and Aladdin's companion, little friend, monkey named Abu, touches some treasure he wasn't supposed to touch, which causes the cave to close in all around them just after Aladdin found the lamp. Um, and he's like, this lamp? What the heck? It's just a little lamp. Uh, it turns out inside the lamp is a magical, all-powerful genie who will grant Aladdin three wishes. 
and so for the first wish, uh, the genie makes Aladdin into a prince so that he can court Princess Jasmine because Aladdin knows she can only marry a prince. Um, so she would never be interested in him because he's just a street rat. Uh, Jafar realizes that Aladdin has the lamp, steals it, uses his wishes to become the sultan, and then this crazy sorcerer. He holds Princess Jasmine and the real sultan captive. Aladdin rescues them by using his wily street ways. Um, he tricks Jafar into wishing himself to be a genie, which means, of course, that he is now trapped in his own lamp. And Aladdin uses his final wish to set the genie free. Not the Jafar genie, but our lovable genie. Um, and the sultan sees that Aladdin and Jasmine are in love, and so he changes the law so that they can get married. The end. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> what, uh, so... You've seen this movie a lot? Did you grow up? Oh with yeah. This one? Oh so much. I've seen this yeah. movie so many times. I've also seen I saw yeah, the, the, saw the I didn't see the Broadway play, but I have seen the uh new one with the, the live, live action, action film one. with uh yeah, I saw with that one. Will Smith. Yes. I had uh the I had a movie pass thing so I could see movies for free. I probably mm. would not have paid mm. to see that movie, mm. but I did see that mm. movie. Uh the good old days of movie like pass. Yes, indeed. Mm. Uh what so about you, what Steven? Um I watched it i was like i have not seen this since the 90s oh wow and on top of that i have some i don't know why but there's some point around the like the flamingo scene you remember the flamingo basically when when iago like steals the lamp sometime immediately before that my brain switches off and so i feel like I always feel like I have, because I there there is no missing space in my memory in terms of what happens in the movie. Mm. But I feel like you ever like fall asleep in the middle of a movie and then you're like, oh man, I only remember the begin like opposite either sides of my nap. Yeah. I feel like that, but for every time that I have seen the movie, I don't know why. I, so you feel I like really you don't, don't remember know. What I happens. feel like every time I watched this movie as a child, I fell asleep at the exact same point mm. and then woke up to catch the rest. When reality is, I saw the entire movie. I see. It but just like felt reason, like something was missing. Right. Right. <laughs> That's a fair feeling. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Um, even Got as it. a kid, I was like, mm, let me what, critique uh, this. Let me lo- something's falling apart here in instruction. <laughs> um, yeah. So this movie, uh, made for twenty eight million dollars. It. Grossed five hundred and four uh. million dollars. It was the highest grossing animated film of the time. Uh, very shortly topped by The Lion King, mm. but highest grossing animated film at the time. Another landmark that it did is that it made a subsequent five hundred million dollars in VHS sales. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, big mm-hmm. time, big time. Big. Um, whole new world won the Grammy for best song. It was also their uh, wow. Academy Award. For original song, um, but uh, so Wait, did it win the Grammy for just like straight up all around best song of the year, or it was some category about like best original song from a movie? No, it was like song song of the year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, it, what what a time! What, what a time! time. Um, uh, the the weird thing about everyone in the movie is that uh, with the exception of Gilbert Godfrey and Robin Williams, who were already famous. Um, at the time, mm-hmm. and sort of bringing their brand to the movie. Everyone else, like, nobody went from this movie to a bigger thing. As a matter of fact, almost everyone 
has basically exclusively voiced the various appearances of their character mm. in other like elements of the Aladdin slash greater Disney franchise. Mm. Um, and the only, uh, the only other person who, who almost who could have broken out, but he just never did was Scott Winger because he played Steve on full house. Who was DJ's longtime boyfriend. Aladdin. Yeah, he was the voice of Aladdin. Oh yeah. Um, but okay. you know, it just never happened. Yeah. Never happened. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so some some fun facts. Uh, yeah, it's uh, widely criticized for simultaneously glorifying and barbarizing the Arab world. Um, the original uh, Arabian fun Nights fact. song <laughs> said um, it's it's been changed to it's flat and immense where the heat is intense. Um, but the original line was where they cut off your ear if they don't like your face um doesn't rhyme either Neither uh rhyme. welcome to here to a faraway place where the caravan oh, camels roam mm. it's, it's it's weirder where you it's like your ear that if they don't like your face sure that rhymes face but, with place but flash and immense and he's intense it's like ooh, yeah but they had to cover the fact that it no longer rhymes, rhymes with, with the previous place, line yeah <laughs> um and they changed it shortly after for like the second release of the vhs but as we've seen uh it it sold millions and millions and millions of copies so i mean mm -hmm. i no the way i i never knew this wasn't like at the time in which things were just going immediately into syndication or streaming where they could change things once it was like once we had it on vhs that was the vhs that i had my right. whole life yeah. so that's I had I learned researching this that they had changed it. I um, think mine was flat and immense, and the heat is intense. Mm. That's the way I remember it. Your parents must have been. They must have bought it later. Woke or main parents. They were so woke. Um, and then also apparently Aladdin was supposed to be was drawn to to be younger, so maybe a, originally a, Jasmine was going to be younger, I but mean, he was originally drawn to be like thirteen and Michael J. Fox like, but but what? yeah, Sorry. but apparently <laughs> he wasn't appealing enough. So he was redesigned to look like uh, Tom Cruise slash uh, Calvin Klein model, which is Tom hilarious oh my God. that they were like, mm, <laughs> this animated figure for this children's movie isn't hot enough. Yeah, I mean, like, he's, got, he's hot now. He's got to be hot. Got to be hot. He has to care about gotta it. Got to be hot. Got to be hot. That's um, so funny. Apparently, there was a big conflict with Robin Williams mm. because- he was uh he was contracted to do another movie, another like kids movie that was getting released weeks later, but to thank the production company because he was involved with the production of uh well he was obviously in Good Morning Vietnam, but he was also like involved as a producer, so as a thank you to the production company for taking a chance on the film, he um did the genie. And he did it for scale. Yeah. So he did it for $75,000. Um, now, the uh, instead of his quote, which was like $8 million, Yeah. And the conditions were that he couldn't take up more than 25% of the like main marketing posters. And then he also his like couldn't be used voice-wise like anywhere. 
And then they were like, like nope. yeah, fuck that, actually. We're going <laughs> to blast you everywhere because mm-hmm. you're the thing that can primarily sell this thing. And uh, so then he actually, Disney was like groveling to him for a while, but he never went back and did like another Disney thing until uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg left Disney. So until like the CEO of Disney left. He was like in this feud with them because they like they made a deal and uh, they fucked him because they also used his voice everywhere. And fun fact, they um, the like publishing company that published the like book of Aladdin. I I, 100 percent honest can't tell if it's the script of Aladdin, which seems like a weird thing to publish. But they basically they couldn't use his name because of the deal. They could only they could only list him as both the peddler and the genie as the actor cast as the genie which is <laughs> that's so funny yeah hmm. um and then the anti um uh, something that i think is interesting is that um it didn't really create many symbols you know besides a whole new world because i mean like everything in here it's this is based on uh one of the stories from a thousand one nights so everything in here has been part of like the would you say cultural lexicon sure i'd i'd say that is it yeah if it's not right no i'm pointing it um oh okay got it sorry my bad bad. Uh, but they're they're already in the air but now when people reference the individual things right they're they are going to be linked in people's minds to this movie like right um like not the source material, right? If somebody from. thinks of like yeah. rubbing a lamp, right? Not originated by this movie, but sure. people are going to think of this movie. Um, if people are going to think about uh, just genies in general, definitely not created by this movie, but Robin yeah. Williams is who they're going to think yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, and then the something I won't go there. I won't do it. Uh, you know what? I would actually. Um, okay. So the Arab American uh, Anti Discrimination Committee spoke out against the film saying that it would influence millions in future generations of children because it would uh make ubiquitous anti-arab or like arab negative arab stereotypes and sure enough in uh it was kind of like a satirical poll because it was kind of done to make conservatives look dumb still this poll that went out to republicans about like bombing the middle east one of the cities that they listed was agrabah <laughs> and like 30 percent of republicans were like yeah that one what yeah what fucking uh. yeah. yep 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 great so um that's what i have to say about aladdin awesome. uh, gina's childhood awesome. favorite um hey i not saying we'll get there in a second. Yeah. Well, you know what? You love his sweet, sweet Tom Cruise body. I now I was just um, was looking up pictures of Aladdin cartoon Aladdin, and now I can't uh, stop seeing Tom Cruise, and it freaks me out. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's move to Unforgiven. This was right. the best picture winner. Um. This is a and I just learned this category that I didn't know existed when I was doing a little googling. This is what came up, and I liked it. Um. A revisionist western which is essentially a category of Western that is challenging some of the values of traditional Western movies. 
So that's what this is calling itself, a revisionist Western. Um, <clears throat> it takes place in 1880 in Big Whiskey, Wyoming. Uh, and the movie begins with two cowboys attacking and disfiguring a prostitute named Delilah after, no joke, she laughs at the small size of one of the cowboys' penis penises. One of their, I don't know the right, penises. Well, one of their penises because yeah. penises is plural, but the one is but singular. It's one, <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Right. So she laughs at how small it is, and they cut her face with a knife. Um, as punishment for to the cowboys, the local sheriff, Little Bill, uh, orders the cowboys to bring several horses as compensation for the brothel, on- brothel owner, a guy named Skinny, since the crime was really about damaged property. Um, the rest of the prostitutes, though, are outraged by this decision, of course, and see it as completely uh, unfair. And inst- and they pool together their own money and send out word that they're offering a $1,000 reward for anyone who kills the cowboys who did this to Delilah. Um, so in Kansas, a boastful little dude who calls himself the Schofield Kid mm-hmm. visits the pig farm of William Money, uh, hoping to recruit him to help kill the cowboys and get the reward. Money, we learn, used to be a notorious outlaw until he met his wife, who had passed away three years prior to this. And since, and for a long time, he was a lovely woman, and it kill, it nearly kills her mother that she married William yes. Money, the right. notorious killer. Yes, she uh, never did learn why. Fuck. Yes, <laughs> thank you. That's all we learn in what do you in scrolling? What do you, text. Yeah, what do you call it? I. It's not. A, I don't know. A, a scrolling text, text, over? text. Yeah, a text, a text over. over. I was gonna say voiceover. Um, so anyways, but since he met her years earlier, he's stayed away from all that. Uh, it's not who he is anymore, as he often says throughout the movie. So drink and violence and all these things, he stayed away. But, um, his farm's failing and he's got that old itch perhaps for some adventuring. So he decides to go for it and recruits his friend, also a retired outlaw, a guy named Ned, to team up with him and they join up with the kid. Uh, meanwhile, back in Big Whiskey... Uh, this British-born outlaw called English Bob arrives in town to collect on the reward, uh, and he's got a biographer traveling with him, but little Bill, the sheriff, apprehends and beats the shit out of him as a warning to anyone else who might be looking to collect on the reward because they don't want that kind of nonsense in their town. Um, Money, Ned, and the kid arrive in town, meet the prostitutes. They also, at least Ned and the kid, get quote-unquote free ones from the prostitutes as advances on the reward. Uh, They... Hole up outside of town, find the cowboys, kill one, but the process of killing him makes them all, makes Ned especially feel sort of sick about it, and he decides that he's going to go home. Uh, So Money and the kid uh, find the other cowboy and kill him. It's a moment where the kid has been boasting this whole time that he's killed five people, and the kid is the one who kills this other cowboy and admits that he's never killed anyone before. Uh, so when they collect the reward money from one of the prostitutes, they learn from her that Ned was apprehended on his way home and was beaten to death in town by little Bill. Uh, the kid decides he will never use his gun again, but money returns to town looking for vengeance on his friend, kills little Bill and uh, several other people in a kind of bloody shootout, and he leaves town promising even more vengeance if they don't give Ned a proper burial. So at the end, we see he's returned a bit to those violent ways mm-hmm. of the past. That's yeah, that. Unforgiven. Unforgiven. It's $14 million picture, which made $159 million. 
it won it won a, a shit ton of awards. It won a picture director. Uh, Gene Hackman won the supporting actor film Little editing. Deal. It was also nominated for actor. Um, but lost to Al Pacino. Hoo <laughs> Uh, screenplay, sound art, direction, and Wait, cinematography. Sorry, Clint Eastwood was nominated for Best Actor? Yeah. Got it. Keep going. Oh, is that surprising? Is that su- surprising? Yes. Is that su- surprising? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> did you also hear where I said it won picture, director, I and did. supporting actor? I sure did. Um, I knew those things. I just, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, well, Gene Hackman's an old friend from The French Connection, and Morgan Freeman's an old friend from Driving Miss Daisy, and... Richard Harris is, well, he's not an old friend, but he's quite the vet. And then uh, Eastwood is, well, we haven't talked about him either, but he's also like a multi-decade veteran of films at this point. Um, so we're not, intro- this film introduces nobody right. to the, the world of, to our current cultural lexicon. Um and the, even the kid, the, the guy that plays the Schofield kid, uh, it doesn't end up really ever doing anything ever again. Um, yeah, that was uh, James Woolvet. Mm. The James with a Z, Woolvet. Uh, and an I, but. What? Are you, I'm just are talking you about saying, the actor who played the Schofield kid. Is actually famous? No, I'm joking? saying that he's oh. not famous. Okay. Great. Which is why when I said the name James Wolvet, you were like, I don't know. Well, who I don't that know many is. people, and you know lots I know. of people. Well, so. uh, let me, then you know. take it from an old man. For our listeners. Uh, yeah. So, um, the most the most common line is, yeah, is or commonly referenced line um, is it's a hell of a thing killing a man. Mm. Um, a lot of the times, if the movie gets referenced, they're just sort of referencing the movie as a whole, or perhaps Clint Eastwood, mm. um, and. So, this is also, um, if it, this is a controversial, this is a, this is a thing for the second half, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go and say it now, um, Dangerous. that I also feel like this might be a, like, of another, like, very clear divide in terms of, like, the, the, the Academy sort of becoming this, not, like, I mean, arbiter of the establishment sounds great, but means nothing. Um, so, A Few Good Men was also nominated. The Crying Game was nominated. And this is also the year, this was also seen as another big snub for Spike Lee because this was also the year that, if I'm not mistaken, this is Malcolm X, um, but which was not nominated. Mm. Now, um, I'm just going to Google yeah, it. 92, give it, yes. give it a cursory you goog. You are correct. Um, 92. So, it's another like big snub, especially since it was like, you know, a, a period biopic. Things that are typically, you know, fucking Oscar bait. Um, Oscar bait. And so, like, but those movies are all things that like relatively, they're like challenging to our culture. Mm. You know, a few good men, maybe less so, but but still. It's like challenging in the other way in terms of like, you know, the, like particularly the Jack Nicholson speech about, you know, you can't handle the truth and blah, blah, blah. Um, not what we're doing today because it didn't win. Um, but yeah, so it's sort of like to me, 
I saw it as like I, I see it's like a very establishment film or like an assertion of the establishment by the academy since all the actors as well mm-hmm. are like Veterans. thoroughly established <laughs> actors yeah um also i gotta say i find i that that i consistently confuse this movie for the untouchables the kevin costner movie oh. um that also has robert de niro so i'm like i kept finding myself being like when does when does kevin costner come in <laughs> um that's so funny and it's uh yeah he uh never never heard of it never um yeah cool gotcha are we are we are we ready to Uh, i think we're ready to vote let's jump on in there yeah are we ready to vote yeah all right all right all right all right one two i'll just do it three neither yeah neither get out they both gotta go they really do um, I guess should we uh, should we jump into Aladdin first? Debate. Should we jump into Aladdin first. I know that. We, uh, we, I mean, but no, there's there's no there's no there's, there's no, no devil's we, advocating. We, no, yeah, it, it, advocating. Yeah, yeah. Let's start with Aladdin. Um, I've. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I think like the the easiest or like the the simplest is from his uh, is like the fat shaming. That they do in uh, that's the, your first thing. That's the okay. first thing that I'm noticing. As in, like, let's start small. Okay, sure. As we dive into this <laughs> fucked up Sunday, let's eat the cherry first yeah, yeah, and yeah. then make okay. our way down Wait, to the hot fudge. Tell me more about the fat shaming. Um, in fat it was mainly just in um, uh, riff raff street rat. Is uh-huh. that what it's called? What's that song called? Uh, uh, no. Uh no no uh one jump ahead of the law man one jump ahead of the uh-huh. uh, and that's everything I'm maybe it's called street rat I don't know what that song no, it's is not called it's not called street rat because anyways anyways but in that song there's the yeah. the part where um he's running and I think he's rather tasty and the whole point is like he's running in there's all these like like beautiful women everywhere that are always like pushing him away. And then suddenly it's like, Oh, and then the joke is just like, here's a, the joke of that moment is like, this is a fat woman. Uh Uh-huh. That's it. I guess so. Who wants to eat him or no, like fuck him. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Like rather. Yeah. So the idea is like, Oh, isn't it, isn't it funny that, uh, he's being propositioned by this fat woman. Sure. That's if that's what the joke is. Like that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. True. Uh that is true. That's a place to start. And I'll great. also add well, I don't know. This is not a small thing. Just, you know, the first thing I wrote, you know, it's just the white cast. It's just an all Oh, yeah. it's all, all white, white cast, people. All white production team. Putting on some of them putting on accents, others not. Uh mm. regardless, both ways bad. Both yeah. ways bad. It's just really troubling. Uh and so, like, and also, you know, the white production team, white, every, just, and non- also just as white people, just just using generally orientalist ideas, like, like I was just looking up even, you know, so Agraba is supposed to be is like an analog for is a fake name for uh, Baghdad, hmm. right? Uh, famous for being, you know, in Iraq. And I was looking up, um, like, the word vizier. Mm. And everything I could find tells me that it's uh, Persian, Mm. which means 
it has very little relevance. And like it was also used in with like the Ottomans. So like the but not in Iraq. Like mm -hmm. that was not something that pre-Ottoman Iraq would necessarily have had. Mm -hmm. Um also there's obvious uh with the exception of the fact that like they say salam and then they also like ref they say allah at one point yeah. at one point Sultan. but he says it with yeah but like thank allah <laughs> and you're like oh god really? uh, also <laughs> i think the like beggar i think the like beggar in the beginning the thief in the beginning when he sees the cave of wonders mm, says oh yeah it. bye allah. he does allah. say that yes um, true. but like just the simple fact that the only large building we see is the palace and not like there seems to be no mosque in the town of Agrabah. No, yeah, there's no religion. Right. It's no. completely Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know, I'm the like vizier thing. Yeah. Uh, there's no way way that that was like a consideration or is a surprise to me, mm -hmm. you know, like cuz it was just sort of like what's vaguely what do we like about Middle Eastern places? Right. And let's just lump them all together. What do we not like? Let's not have those things like, you know, mosques yeah. religion we can't go into like islam nobody can be right. worshiping what are you, you gonna know? teach a kid that there's like right, that it, that there's other people, people believe in this fake shit exactly like, right yeah. yeah uh, uh it's very troubling um and then the cave of wonders is filled with like uh like zoroastrian shit the fake like the monkey that holds the big jewel mm -hmm. i was like this seems to be some sort of weird like golden monkey statue, but also like the frame that it's around looks very much like uh that's around it looks very much like what surrounds a lot of dancing Shiva statues. Hmm. So it just looked like, eh, hey, let's just throw some shit together. <laughs> yeah. And uh if it's not, you know, obviously a Hura Mazda, let's just fucking make a like a, a hodgepodge of shit that people don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That all just like vaguely. Oh yeah, you're right. I just I'm looked up a picture. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's um, got like yeah the whole the whole outline structure and even like the little the pedestal like the shape of the the monkey character. It's like very much trying to just be something from a different part of the world. It's yeah. So funny. God. Um. Oi, this movie. And then it's also like really brutal. Mm-hmm. Like. Just the fact that Aladdin, when uh, when Jafar like throws him into the water with his uh, feet tied to an anchor, um, tells Jasmine like, "Oh yes, no, he died by beheading." Yeah, it's like, right? Whoa, this, this, is, a this is a child's movie. Kids movie? Yeah, I know. Um, no, it's super brutal. And then they like uh, when Jasmine is in the marketplace and like mm. she like takes an apple, gives an apple to a kid because the kid looks hungry. And then the vendor like pu puts her hand on the yeah, table and like yeah. pulls up a knife. It's like, do you know what we do to people who the penalty for stealing? And is about to like cut God. off her hand. And you're like, yeah. Oh man. Um, and then also even the like the 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 thief that Jafar first takes to the Cave of Wonders when he gets the like other part of the fly thing mm -hmm. that leads him to the cave he's like 
I had to slit a few oh, yeah. throats right, to yeah. get it. I was like, damn, wow. this, is, this movie Oof. is just starting. Totally. Right. Like, There's also whoa. so many boobs in this movie. I was like, yeah, my God, speaking about like kids movie and like, what are these like subliminal messages? Like mm. so many like dancing princesses get conjured as like images for Aladdin of like, here's what you could wish for because right. like girls dancing for you is something that you are entitled to just like conjure up for yourself as this man you know and then like mm. of course jasmine's outfit which is a very to me like jasmine's costume is a ubiqu like a thing from this movie that like you know is all over the place culture wise that we all would recognize super instantly and like the question of her age again just to bring this up i'm like she it's the thing that we talked about at some point with some like high school movie of like uh, these characters who are like meant to be analogs or like meant to be like as a kid watching you're like oh cool yeah i want to be jasmine you know like I, as a kid i was like i want to be jasmine you know because she's like really beautiful is honestly the only reason and then right. like she's depicted in this like tiny she's got the tiniest waist and these huge boobs right. overflowing from her skimpy top and like she's just like supposed to be we don't know maybe 18 but like maybe younger and regardless like she's just like so sexualized as an adult woman um, and at the same time, though, again, this is like a kid's movie where like kids are supposed to be watching and right. like seeing people who like they are going to want like action figures of. And it's just really disturbing to see. But there were so many boots. Like I couldn't yeah. believe how many like dancing girls in in no shirt were conjured in this movie. There were like so many. And uh, uh, Disney themselves, like if you look at the you can read about like what the creators think they see Jasmine as a progressive female character because she's rebelling against uh -huh. like the royal structure sure because she wants like, to marry for love and she falls yeah, in love like, with someone in all she's instant. doing is getting it was wants all she wants is though you know to get to get married, married. right and all and, she wants and really that means like for a man to save her kind of like right. both in the marriage thing and, and then, from like, an hourglass in the end from an hourglass yeah. to like get her saved no, it's true. And even the idea of, like, it feels just, like, again, as far as, like, s harmful stereotypes and, like, all these things of, like, we are, as the audience, we're meant to be on Jasmine's side. That Like, it's not fair that she has to marry, you know, somebody she doesn't love or whatever. Mm. But it's it feels like, again, like, taking the concept of, like, arranged marriages, which, like, do exist in some places still in the world, um, and, like, letting that, again, be, like, a, ooh, this culture, which is not a specified culture, right. like, any culture that says this is, like, blanketly wrong, wrong. you know, yeah. um, which also just feels really inconsiderate, harmful, right. bad. <laughs> and also, like, I, like, I hate, I really hate, um, like, movies that, uh, try to have it both ways on on royalty like oh she's progressive because she's criticizing royalty well like what's his reward well just to become royal like there mm -hmm. is no question about like whether or not royalties should exist and right. you know like i felt that way about okay uh you know drag me but crazy rich asians mm -hmm. fucking hated the fact that like oh she's supposed to be like one of the people and she stood her ground against these people that think that they're better than her and what is her reward to become them mm -hmm. and to raise her children to be them like mm -hmm. but 
you know, I it's it, it it is to me like an assertion that like that people basically want to believe that no, in fact, some people by nature of their blood are in fact better than other mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I. I hate that, like, the idea of royalty or the inequality in question that or the the inequality highlighted by the by the fact that, like, he goes through all this work to, like, steal the small thing of bread and goes into, like, so goes through so much, like, risk to his life and then ends up not eating it because there are, you know, just children in the streets everywhere, then th then we just, like, move on from right. that. Right, yeah, right. You know? His his whole background and, like, the, the, like, very painful and challenging, like, circumstances of his life until this moment are just, like, completely forgotten because, like, oh, yeah, I get to be a prince. And, right. You know, and, like, yeah, we don't know what he's going to do. He's not going to... We, there's no sign that he's going to change any structures except for like the fact that the princess can marry whoever she wants. Right. Woohoo. You know, Yay. but, but yeah. And even those kids, it was like the kids were just an excuse for Aladdin to save the cat, you know, for like, to be like, Oh, I, Aladdin honestly, is, I have that right here. I figured you would. Which STC. Is, <laughs> you know, of like, Oh, he's cause we can't have a, you know, like otherwise oh, he's a thief. Uh Oh, you know, like what's this, but like just to show that he's such a good guy, he would like, give up his bread but I, he's like really fucking hungry i don't know yeah and the kids don't just disappear yeah and also on the royalty thing you're talking about i like i so hate the way this movie shows ruling like the sultan is just literally every time we see him he's like playing with toys mm -hmm. like it implies to me also this thing of like this country that you know or this this place uh that we're imagining and appropriating is just like there's nothing like it's it's not that there's nothing to, there's obviously stuff to do because there's right. problems on the streets and whatever but like there's no like strategies there's no you know ruling there's no right. structure in place of like ooh, a, a a helpful leader or like someone trying to like fix it like there's just like no sense of like this country might as well not be ruled by anybody because it's just like total chaos and like the ruler does nothing you know and i feel like that right. is also saying like like i don't think that we would have if this movie if there was like a car disney cartoon of the time like set in the u.s and we like saw the president and that was like one of the characters like the president wouldn't just be like do to do like alone in the white house playing with stuff you know what i mean well if they well i mean i think so i mean i don't agree mm -hmm. i mean we've already seen blazing saddles but but that's like, not a sat let's that's like a satire this no is, no no what, like yeah a, like what i mean is that the fact that it's just done without it actually being any sort of conscious commentary, it it, it would be like doing something around you know, like like Marie Antoinette because like this idea that that rich royalty is disconnected from the plight of the people like that's that's a very common thing but like to go that far, mm -hmm. you know and not have it be sort of any commentary or there be any sort of change as far as that's concerned. It's like, what, what, what is even the point? You know, I, 
Mm-hmm. So no, I don't like it either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, there's no, there's nothing conscious about it at all. Mm-hmm. Also, I also didn't like when they do the, um, when they just travel abroad in the magic carpet, Ryan, uh, just like all the places, like the fact that they like go to China and they're like <laughs> dancing with a dragon. Yeah. I was like, mm, eh. <laughs> does, does it have to be? Can you not just be in the Forbidden City? Does right. it have just to like be that they're at it. Just, yeah. a, just a dragon? Like, well, we won't know True. unless yeah. they're dancing with a dragon. Also, I feel like they go to gr- They do go Greece. to Greece. There's no people. We just go through like a little right. like. But the Greece that they go to, like it feels like Greece because it seems like you're seeing the Parthenon. Mm-hmm. But like the hill is grass and there are trees everywhere. Yeah, it's and, like uh, it's the Hercules Greece. It's like not. But had Hercules, Hercules hadn't been made yet. I don't regard like it's like the Disney yeah. version of. Yeah. Which yeah, like yeah. It, it, it not even not even close. No, not <laughs> I'm sure even close. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it it was so weird that like. That they had this one place that was like, ooh, let's. Let's punch it up to make it make sure people know what it is. And then this other thing, they like not water it down, but they like don't even try so that like this other place that they go to, it's like, what is it? Mm -hmm. But it also kind of felt to me like they were making this like this this place that's sort of the pinnacle of Western culture, the dawn of Western culture, um, seem like this beautiful, like lush place compared to this middle eastern city um even though they would not be particularly different Mm -hmm. and also at the fucking time baghdad would be the cultural and intellectual center of (laughs) the entire world but you know whatever um also i didn't like that there was no arabic on the palace because Arabic is so often used, like calligraphy mm-hmm. is so often used to adorn buildings. And there was like none. Yeah, no. Now I'm trying to remember. I feel like there was a thing, like it was like Eng- there was like an English they, sign somewhere. Was there that the I manure? Don't know. The manure. Oh, guy? yeah, no. Th- that was like, like the so only writing. Crazy we see. Joe's like manure. manure. Yeah. yeah. Like we um, don't see any writing, I don't think. No, but 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 like in 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 the palace, you do see like there's lots of like adornment where the Arabic would be, Should but be, it, right. it's like a squiggle that kind of looks like yeah. flames. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I also just what is the deal with every Disney movie? And like maybe there's one that doesn't do this. Every single one, it is the the family unit is you know this often girl. A, a girl and a sad but loving dad mm. and an absent mom who is sometimes addressed why she's absent, other times just not yeah, there. She doesn't even there get... There is no she's mom. She's not even dead mom. She's no, she's just, just gone. No mom. And, like, it's everywhere. Little Mermaid, there mm. is no mom. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, Fun Beauty fact. and the Beast, there is no mom. Maybe Mulan, there's a mom. Definitely like Cinderella, obviously. There's a mom in Mulan. Okay. So maybe Mulan, because she's also more recent. Um... But like five years, four years. What? In Mulan '96. Still more recent. Still but more still. recent. But like before that, like it's just. Fun fact: <sighs> Aladdin had a mom. 
Um, but then right. on a day known as Black Friday, Jeffrey Katzenberg uh, made them scrap almost all of their songs, rewrite the entire movie, uh, rework uh, almost all the characters. Abu was actually going to be a dude. Uh, and one of the, he was <laughs> like, get rid of Aladdin's mom. She's dull. God. Like, yeah. It's so frustrating to me because, like, it all. I mean, luck, like, you know, there is no other female character in this movie aside from Jasmine. Often, though, like, perhaps it's a good thing because the other female character they would have would be, like, a jealous stepmom, you know, because that's right. just, like, all that they do in Disney. And it really is infuriating. That's to me. being taken up by Jafar because he's the one that's, like, yeah. manipulating the way that the jealous stepmom would. Right. And Jafar is fitting in with the other Disney narrative of using gay stereotypes to code people as a villain. Um, oh. Yeah. Is he? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I big time. That. That's actually a big debate in, like, the, as they read, as they re, um, make all of these, like, old Disney movies, it's become a thing of, like, okay, well, Disney's trying to address the fact that they just used gay stereotypes for Scar and for Ursula and for, uh, and for Jafar. Mm. Like, but by the way that they've done it is to take it out so what they've done is instead of instead of like make positive gay role models they've just removed any removed any possible thing so it's this, yeah this weird thing of like stereotyping which became sort of the only representation in these movies and mm -hmm. so it's like become this thing of like simultaneous erasure as well yeah it, mm. it um but yeah i mean he, he's absolutely uh more feminine he's like finely groomed no big time mm. very like i don't know more delicate in mm -hmm. his gestures and all kinds of if you want basically if you watched it sure, now sure. thinking about it you would be like yeah. oh yeah yeah <sighs> yeah yeah um Shall we move on? Shall we move on? Let's do I it. I say. Let's... Oh, oh, oh. Also, the genie. Um, a surprising number of. There's also just like a surprising number of gay jokes. Oh yeah. In the yeah. like, both from the tailor that like measures Aladdin, to, uh, the fact that he tells Aladdin he's like, "I love you." Not that I want to pick out curtains or anything. Mm -hmm. And I was mm -hmm. like, "What a weird." This is. Like right, a, like two men can't just say I a, love you. Right, and it's like, uh, who's this joke for? Like, yeah. it's not gonna. Right. What? What are we doing, Robin? No, Williams? I know. Right, it's like for the parents who are watching with the kids to be like, don't worry. Yeah. Like, I'm oh, not thank gay. God. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Uh. Who? Who? Yeah. Yeah. Are we ready to? Let's talk about unforgiven. Unforgiven. Um. Yeah, I was hopeful in the beginning. You know, the first like ten minutes, I was like, okay. Because of because the beginning is so much about the women, and very clearly the point of view I thought was like from the movie was saying like the um the punishment you know meted out to these cowboys who attacked this woman was was like unfair and unjust, right. and then we like get a scene where we like just see the women talking and like pooling their money and mm -hmm. talking to each other, uh, and then they just kind of completely disappear and it becomes just about a old but like i mean yes there's like 
question there are important uh question a lot of this movie is about like questioning you know like bringing like fear like thinking about how violence is portrayed in like these westerns and like the ways that like we glorify it and people glorify their own stories compared to like the reality of like shooting somebody and like what that does to you but uh, it was also just like about I only barely think that's true finish your sentence but I only barely think that, think that's hmm, true I'm sorry for interrupting no 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 but like it also like essentially really the point to me felt so much about just like you know this this older like white dude who feels like he's you know like sh like proving that he's still relevant you know what I mean and like saving the day and like yes it gets too far and like it goes to violence in a way that like I think to me I, I do think the movie is saying like that was it shouldn't have happened violence wise but like he it's just like totally about him you know doing what he thinks is right you know like right. meeting out justice and uh and like it's not at all about the women they never they like never again talk to each other mm. i think after that first scene like the women are just like shouting at the men or like talking to the men or silently looking at each other and mm. they don't even like have a scene where they talk again which makes me very sad um yeah i mean yeah. for me it's like the second this movie gets kicked off it's like okay well the inciting incident is uh is assault on this woman and then it not being taken seriously i mean literally she's like you're gonna hang him right and then he's like they're just hard-working boys who is foolish mm -hmm. and it's like whoa yeah um and then they kept calling they kept calling her the cut whore mm -hmm. and on top of that this movie was a, like went through a couple different titles I actually think Unforgiven doesn't really make too much sense as a title, no. but it was going to be called The Cut Whore Killings. Oh, God. Like, what? Which made me think that there was some sort of, like, serial killer that was, like, right. attacking somebody, you know, like, sex workers or whatever, but not mm -hmm. even that. No. Um, and then the idea that, like, oh, this is a... Oh, so this is a property issue. Also kind of implying that she's, like, been trafficked. Well, he says, I brought her from New York. I paid good or, money for yeah. her. And, like, she is now damaged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I totally, and, like, all of those things, again, that whole beginning, I'm like, okay, there is a version of this movie where, like, then we actually just keep going from here. And, like, it's about, because, like, I totally believe all those things would happen to women in this place. Um, but then it totally just becomes this like violence against women as like a plot device. Right. Disappointing, obviously, to say the least. And there's a, this this floating woman who like, you know, Clint Eastwood is the, the baddest man in town. <laughs> and then he met this woman and it, it changed everything. Yeah. And uh, we uh, all she is is dead. Like, yeah. Women are either these like angels who mm -hmm. like soothe and calm and bring out the peace in a in a man mm -hmm. or they are prostitutes yeah uh, and that's all we have and like i just yeah i don't i i was so confused about like this movie being called like a revisionist western it doesn't feel like it's examined i felt like i felt like dances with wolves was examining 
the way that Westerns portray their sort of stereotypical themes. But this movie was still like this glorification of like stoic masculinity, you know, I mean, the, the Schofield kid after he kills the guy, like having, he, he, I was glad that he had his scene where he reckons with the fact that he's killed a person. But that's like kind of it. Well, I think there's a lot of it in the movie. I mean, like there is like the whole theme, like tied to that, I think is the, the whole subplot of like the ways that people tell stories of like the violence that they've done in the past, you know? And like, so English Bob certainly like he's got his biographer traveling with him and like, uh, like uh, who is literally he lost like, all credibility to me. He had no credibility from the beginning yeah. or okay, great. Uh, but who like, you know, like the whole point of his character is like, he's writing a book about these like deaths that this mm-hmm. guy committed and like the stories of them. And then like he learns what actually happened and how these, you know, there was no like these sort of like images of what it means to like go into like these honorable like fights or like duels, right? Uh, that there's actually just, it's just about like who got the shot in first and right. like your gun misfires, I'll still shoot you. Like all these ways where I feel like it was about, you know, the stories that we make up and that also then like perpetuate this thing of like for men, like needing to be tough in that same way and to be able to say like, yeah, I've killed five men before and then like, but none of it's true, you know? And so it's like this, this like perpetuating Mm -hmm. cycle. Um, And then I do feel like to me, the end is supposed to be like a tragedy of where we see the, where we see like money, you know, Clint Eastwood guy, like succumbing, descending Mm -hmm. to like who he was before. Like he take, he like drinks all this whiskey, which he also hadn't done a while, you know, and he like has killed all these people. And he's just like, his last thing is like, I'll I'll be back if you don't bury him. Like I'll kill more people. You know what I mean? And like I think we are meant to feel like that was a downfall. Um but but yeah, at the same time, you're right. It still does like show all of those sort of Western tropes and like there are still all these shootouts and like he does seem cool probably, you know, at the end. And we also don't I think like he has a very undeveloped character arc in my opinion. I mean I I really was until maybe halfway through the movie where he talked about needing the money. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there going, why? Why is he doing like, why did he why be did like, he, I'm not going to do that. And now suddenly I'm trying to shoot it. a gun and I'm going to leave my leave kids. Leave my kids alone. They're like in the eight, middle of nowhere. In the middle of the fucking For, wilderness. For, I don't know, about two weeks. Like, I could not believe that he did that. Yeah. I know. I, un, to what, tend hogs like right. crazy to me. <laughs> crazy to right me. he's like separate the hogs out take care of your sister i'll Jesus. be back in a couple weeks i know i could not kill a chicken if you have to yeah no that was crazy it's true it's true like the question of why was really underdeveloped and right. like he and even like the question of what's next like i was very disappointed that what we got was like this scroll over of like Rumor has it that he like took his kids and went to San Francisco or something. But and like seeing him return to his children after all that could have been like a, a way to also yeah. like really show us the point of view of the movie and like 
how do, what does he do when he sees them? Are they okay? Like, are they starving and freezing, you know? And like, I don't know, like we just didn't. And the like, the like postscript implies like, cause the, the postscript is all about her, his late wife's mom uh-huh. going to where they live and like visiting the grave, but never really, but never getting to see him again. Right. And never understanding why, why she her daughter married chosen. this monster. Which implies to me that that's the story, mm. but somehow we saw this other chapter. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't understand why either, like, those, those pre and post scripts, like, exist. I don't either. It do, we would have gotten all the same stuff about his wife without it. Yeah. And that without being left with some weird, like, I- impl- impression that in some way the movie should be about his wife, because mm-hmm. it does seem like it's the all those postscripts are about his wife's relationship with her mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, two characters we never meet. Never. Naria once. Yeah. Uh, and two of the only named female characters who are like easily identifiable like some of the prostitutes have names but i never know who's who because they don't like speak right. to each other so it's like great the, the we one, never meet the one head is mm-hmm. what's her name like strawberry annie i never heard anyone say her name I oh think. yeah it, it's i a, looked it up yeah. after but i never heard anyone say i heard it. i heard it a couple times but okay. i was also looking at the cast list so i knew mm-hmm. like that somebody was playing somebody named you know whatever right. strawberry something right. um yeah uh, also like the um come on now buddy come on oh is it, I, something that was like wildly unbelievable is that like morgan this idea oh, of God. morgan freeman who played or what Ned, i find to be like friend. wildly irresponsible is this like oh they want to make this I feel like what is implied by their friendship is that Clint Eastwood, by having his best friend be a black man, is it's just one of the ways in which he's like better than Gene Hackman, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So race is being utilized, but it's also being totally ignored totally with ignored. the way that the town treats him. I know. So then later it it somehow seems like even more appropriate that the way that they so he and so he Schofield kid Morgan Freeman Schofield kid and Clint Eastwood's character are going off to find the the two guys and kill them but then Morgan while Clint Eastwood has changed Morgan Freeman is is to change he's like not willing to go back to being an assassin he wants to stay a farmer and so he decides to leave and go back go back home now on the way there, on the way home, he's captured by like by cowboys or whatever, taken to Gene Hackman, and Gene Hackman trying to get info out of him whips him. Now we learn by in that first scene where he like almost whips the the bad guy, the like people who cut the the sex worker, like that he was a gonna he was gonna whip them, so like it was it wasn't just introduced in that sure. moment out of nowhere but it was still like dude 
you can't just show that and not be talking about race and not have us be incredibly troubled as we think about race. We yeah. see like the only black man, the only black character in this movie be being the, the only, only person, person that we, we see, see being whipped. whipped horribly. Yeah, no, it was so hor it was it was like the worst example of I feel like what people say when they're like colorblind casting, you know, because it felt totally like the only consideration was like, yeah, let's have uh, look, I've got a black friend, you know, and yeah. then like and that's it. And so we don't have to worry about it. But then like letting hi having him be the only character, I mean, the only hero who dies and like the only character who we see like other characters get beat up and stuff like that, but like it's more of a mess and we don't really like see them, but we have this like long shot just like of his body as he is being whipped. And it's just like, you can't not be thinking about this. And this is horrible. And his body gets displayed. Right. Right. In the town. For the town to They walk just like by. leave him in a coffin with fire around him. Exactly. And it's just like, but the whole time nobody right. said anything nope. about nope. race. Just a, he's just, just another guy. Another outlaw. In 1878 or 1881 exactly. like, or whatever. Like, re, like, so ridiculous. horrifying. Um, yeah. Also, the reason I said that I don't, I'm like, fuck this biographer, is that he, it's like in some way he joins allegiance with, um, with Gene Hackman because he realizes that English Bob is like a fraud and not just a fraud, but like there was something about the, like he lied to make his exploits sound more glorious, but he also apparently lied in a way that like m when he found out how he actually killed the guy, it was like somehow less honorable. Well, the way that we're introduced to English Bob is that he kills, he quote, kills Chinaman mm -hmm. for the railroad. Yeah. So when Beauchamp finds out that, oh, oh, this guy that I'm following, it turns out these weren't honorable killings. I'm like, dude, your guy shoots immigrants who are just, who are being worked to death. Yeah. Building the railroads in many, like, they're getting blown up by dynamite as they try to fucking clear the mountains by way for the railroads. Like, the shit that they w went through, and this dude's the guy that's sitting there killing them. Like, I'm sorry. Was he not the upstanding citizen that you thought he was? Yeah, I, I that's why he, I was like, this dude has no credibility and also what like if he is us then the journey that he goes through is getting to see what a real glorious shootout is totally at the end he's all excited about it yeah he wants he's gonna to go out and write his books which yeah and so i don't know that he is meant to be us like i think that he is supposed to be a like from the beginning he's like the book that he's like even the title he's given it duke of death you know, yeah. is like clearly he is uh, like kind of childish. nerding out childish yeah. about like the idea of like he probably is meant to be like, you know, he what he <laughs> if there were cowboy movies at the time, like he grew up watching them. You know what I mean? And so right. like now he's an adult and he gets to like talk to real cowboys and write his own version, you know, so like yeah, he does definitely doesn't. What's that? There weren't cowboys. That's movies. what I'm saying. If okay. there were, yeah. I said, okay. yeah. you know, but like that he is like growing up with these stories and now as an adult that's yeah he's perpetuating those stories 
and then but then like if this were to be a quote-unquote revisionist western then the character that like creates the tropes that this revisionist western is revising i mean effectively should be like kind of condemned or totally yeah oh yeah but at the end no you're so right he just is like he's excited and that's all that we see yeah Yeah. i gotta say one of my favorite lines was like gene hackman's dying line um Mm because that was to me like because you read about like people's reviews one of the big things that says it's like that this movie is about like are we the stories we tell about ourselves and while i think that that just doesn't really hold water um in terms of the majority of the movie the idea that like as he's being killed Mm -hmm. this guy who does like awful things throughout the entire movie says i don't deserve this i'm i was building a house mm-hmm. yeah i was there was just something to me about like oh this like good guy sort of american dream narrative that he's like fulfilling the sheriff he's building a house and it's like that that to me was like the the one of the only successful parts of the movie mm-hmm. for, for real mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree that was successful. Um, I also, this is not related, but I can't help but think about the fact that what set off this whole movie conflict in the beginning is the, like this this whole thing of like a man, like laughing at the fact that a man had a small yeah. penis. And to me, I'm like, yeah, that I, we don't teach men how to respond to embarrassment or shame. And so the right. only way that the model for that for men is to go to anger, you know? And like, so to me, there is something that I take from this of like, thank you for reminding us that like, we need to figure out how to teach men how to, and not that the movie is saying this, but I'm just like for yeah. myself, like I just have been thinking about it a lot recently of like, how can we be better at like teaching men mm-hmm. that that will happen? And then like, what do you do? You know, because like in since there is no thing in place for like what to do when those emotions come up, it's like the only thing that happens is the jump to anger, you know, uh, or the predominant yeah. thing that, that we expect to happen because we don't, men aren't like talked to about embarrassment or that no, it's okay. You know what I mean? And well also that, so Yes, like, I mean, the if we were to, you know, give a cursory Google, we would probably find that the most recent time that a woman has been murdered for that exact reason is probably within the last two years. Sure. And, like, you know, just the, 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 the this whole, not even just, like, embarrassment, but the freedom that men feel to take out that embarrassment Mm -hmm. on women's bodies is something that is incredibly prevalent to this day um and so i think a great failure of the movie is that the response is more masculinity Mm -hmm. and and it doesn't present it doesn't say this toxic thing happened and the action that was taken 
is this alternative right you know narrative of some kind it's like yeah, yeah. it's like oh this one like this is masculinity we see that it's upheld by the justice system as it often is and the response is more masculine. just a technically illicit form of that exact same totally well and it's so interesting to me that like the women like uh, and i wish there was a scene of in the scene where they're like what do we do like they're pooling their money it's like they've already made the choice that like the only thing that we can do is like get another man to be violent you know what i mean mm -hmm. but like that just because i believe also for these women that like they probably feel that at the time that there is no other they wouldn't know what else to do potentially you yeah. know like they have no other recourse they as women can't have d can't do anything about it you know aside from like this perpetuation of that same cycle and so i just would love to see a scene where like they actually talk about the decision of what they could do and like and even landing on this continued toxic masculinity as yeah. the solution you know like is a super interesting part of it to me because i'm like yeah probably at the time what else do they think they could rely on yeah. you know and they just have to sort of hold their breath and like hope that solves their problem but obviously it's not the answer you know? right and and so like and this is kind of a this is exactly a thing where um i mean it gets to the core of why we're even doing this podcast is like if you look, I have I have Amazon up right now, and seventy five percent of these reviews are five star reviews for this movie. For this movie, and like, not only are we, I mean, we're sitting here not only talking about like, oh, these are problematic themes, you you know, these are bad images we shouldn't be proliferating this we're also talking about how the plot doesn't really make sense it's really flimsy mm -hmm. and it's weak like it's not a very good movie and and so what i am inferring by that is that really it is the appeal to that masculinity that that people are finding appealing about the movie mm -hmm. um and I mean, literally, these things are, these reviews are just glowing, glowing and long in a yeah. way that I'm like, I believe it. What the I fuck? mean, and we're not going to, this is not the movie we're talking about, but uh, I just, I am disgusted by, like, just this year, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is like, you know, it just won all these Golden Globes and it's probably going to win a bunch of Oscars and it's just the same thing as far and it's it just came out now you know so like there's no question about like because to me it's just entirely about like men becoming relevant again through the use of violence you know and like it's just disgusting to me and it is absolutely 100% still in the movies that we see I'm, I'm going to be honest I missed the movie that came out this year that you just said once upon a time in hollywood oh yes sorry that's also important. i just thought that uh, that i didn't get because i just thought it was a super that's another movie that i thought was like kind of weak mm. just like brad pitt's interaction with the manson family had zero to do with why the manson family came to leonardo DiCaprio's house so it's like why did we even see any of that for the two and a half hours it didn't do anything to like compare to like push 
the real narrative of what happened so that people who didn't know would understand that something different happened than what is supposed to happen. Which is like, also so incredibly insensitive to like the fact that people actually died. Right. The people who are showing us are not just like, oh yeah, come on in, let's have a drink. Everybody's fine at the end. Like, right. I just am so angry at that movie for so many reasons. But no, I did think anyways, I think Leonardo did a great. Job. I think Leonardo DiCaprio did a great job. But I also think all the all the attentions kind of go into Brad Pitt in this weird way in which he like had he kind of did nothing in that movie. He did nothing but except have be scars. horribly violent. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, I think yeah. that's that's that for today. Yeah. So, it, I I hated sitting through Unforgiven. What five hours of movie total that we hated? Uh, it was it was actually um by the grace of God right, only four. about three hours and forty minutes. Okay. Um, I'll even round it up to four, but no, it's true. Um, it was rough. And next yeah. week, though, I'm excited for next week. It, next week is the one that's J- Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. Yeah. I mean, when I say excited, you know, uh, I just I'm looking forward to watching revisiting these movies. Yeah. Um. I mean, I've only seen Chandler's List once, so I guess it is a movie that, while great, you really do have to have a reason to watch it. Because you're not like, you know what I want to do? I just want to sit down and watch Chandler's List. No, it's it's definitely... It's not going to be fun to watch, but it will be... I don't know. I don't finish that sentence yet, because I haven't rewatched it. Uh, It it, it brings me back to that great HP quote, HPQ. You know, Terrible things. Great. But terrible. No, great things. Terrible, but great. Who's HPQ? What? Uh, I said it's a Harry Potter quote. Oh, you said, I thought you were saying the person was HPQ. No, it's a, it's a, it's a Anyways, Harry thanks Harry for Potter listening. They're talking about Voldemort. We are, should we keep oh, this? God. We're a Rock Rising, Rock Rising Productions Rising podcast. Follow, Follow us. Should we, should we keep this on Instagram? Find us on Twitter. Yes. And I'm going to close this out with a haiku. Mm. Um, this one I, yeah, I'm, I, okay. anyways, no, no preface. This one. Oh, split up. Okay. Let's get us in the mood, Steven. Okay. All right, here it is. What's a girl to do? She puts all her strength in him. Eyes wide. Impatient. That's my haiku. Taking a little... Out of the plot. Anyways, we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Just realized that we've not done that. This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.